You'll take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, if you would, this morning. And if you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Make sure I got this on. Don't want to do what I did Wednesday night. Didn't have, have it on. And uh, I didn't turn the power on. It wasn't their fault. It was mine. I didn't turn the power on. Amen. And uh, if you really want to mess with, a, with the sound people and everything back here, just all of a sudden start... Then they don't know what to do, amen? <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 1, we'll begin reading verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, whoa, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, by my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ our Lord. I thank God for whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which, was, was dwelt, uh, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am uh, persuaded that is in thee also, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. If you look back here, our, our text this morning is going to come from verse 5. It says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and that I am persuaded that is in thee also. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, What the Faith of a Godly Mother Can Do. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. On this Mother's Day, Lord, as we think about the blessings that we have through our mothers, and Lord, you've richly blessed us. And Lord, I pray that we'd understand the, the full meaning and the great desire that you have for every mother that's here and that stretches across this nation and around the world, the importance, Lord, that they have in raising children and being that godly example and doing that which only they can do, Lord, to instill some things into their children, Lord, that those children might live for you. Lord, I pray now that you would strengthen us, help us draw near to you, Lord, and I pray that you would strengthen every mother here, every grandmother, be with those, Lord, who are facing difficulties in their lives. But, Lord, I pray even in service today, though it's more dedicated towards the mothers, Lord, I pray that even fathers and the young people that's here, Lord, that you would just work in their hearts, Lord, each of us, help us to realize the great salvation that we have through Jesus Christ and His shed blood. Bless now the preaching of thy word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Paul was encouraging Timothy here. He, he began to brag on him somewhat, you might say, as he said that he was remembering his unfeigned faith that he had. And, and, and unfeigned faith would be a sincere faith, a faith that's unwavering, something that's real, not something that's put on. And so Paul's talking about uh, Timothy's unfeigned faith here. He's talking about that faith that has some substance to it. But he didn't, he didn't stop there. He goes on and he acknowledges where Timothy had received this faith. And you look here, you find that uh, he's talking about that unmovable, that genuine faith, that unwavering faith. And he said, it was first found in thy grandmother Eunice and also thy mother Lois. And, or I got them backwards there. But anyway, he said, 
that's where it was first found. He said, I realize that, um, that uh, you've got good faith. You've got great faith. He said, but I noticed something. He said, it's in your grandmother, Lois, and it's also in your mother, Eunice. He said, it's important that, and you know, really what it is, it's a tremendous compliment on his mother and his grandmother. You realize this morning, hey, listen, I believe that one of the greatest callings for uh, a mother or a woman, unless the Lord should choose differently and not to, to give them a, a children, but would be to raise up godly children to serve the Lord. And we look at this as this being Mother's Day, and we're going to be dealing with mothers just a little bit here, but it's really for all of us to understand the importance that we have in the lives of others. The Bible says, no man liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Every person in this room, whether you're a mom, a dad, or, or just a young person, or maybe you don't have children yet, uh, you're going to make a difference in somebody's life. People are watching you continually. And so it's so important that we realize the importance that we have in affecting the lives of others. And I believe that only eternity is going to reveal the great impact that mothers have really had on the lives of their children for the Lord. So first of all, consider the unfeigned faith of these two mothers. Of course, uh, Lois being the mother of Eunice and Eunice being the mother of, of Timothy here. And again, he says, and when I, when I call to remembrance that the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy, thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded as in thee also. Timothy's faith was built by hearing from his mother and from uh, his grandmother the word of God. If you go over, actually, if you, you, know, if you begin to, to read and we'll deal with it in a minute, he, he heard the word of God from his grandmother and from his, his mother as they made an impact in his life. The more that we allow our children to hear the Word of God in our homes, the better off we're going to be. And so many times what we don't realize is that, hey, listen, they're watching every move. They're hearing every word. And they need to be hearing the Word of God. They need to be hearing from a mom and a dad that, that's going to direct them towards Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so they need to hear and they need to understand what the Bible has to say. We're living in a day and time, it's, it's sad that even on our bus that we pick up kids and, and sometimes they run across different children that they don't even know who Jesus Christ is. Here we are in America, we call it a Christian nation. Here we are even in Missouri, which is part of what they call the Bible Belt. And we have children now that don't even know who Jesus Christ is. We have children of growing up and you, you talk to them at different times and, you, and, and especially you get around Christmas or something, you talk about Christmas and, and they know absolutely nothing about Christmas. They know nothing about Jesus Christ coming into the world. You get around Easter time and most of them don't know anything about, about the, what Easter stands for or what we celebrate at Easter, the, the, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and they're not getting it at home and of course they're not going to church and so they're not getting it at home either. And so they are raised in, in this day and time without really knowing who Jesus Christ is. It's so important that we raise our children for the honor and glory of God. No doubt Timothy had been taught the Word of God by his mother and his grandmother. By what Paul said of Timothy, what he'd been taught and heard from his mother and his grandmother greatly, it impacted his faith. It impacted his life. Every, every mother in here, you're going to impact your children. You impact their life somehow, either for the Lord or not for the Lord. And mothers, you, you have the opportunity to build great faith or to build weak faith in your children and grandchildren. And this goes, hey, I'm talking to grand, grandmothers here also today. 
Because you look at, he's speaking about, about Lois, the grandmother of Timothy, and she had an impact. She had that unseen faith in her. And so we have that great opportunity. Uh, I remember several years ago, and, and you know, we're, we, mothers, you had that opportunity to build a great faith or to actually to, to even to destroy the faith. Several years ago, about 30 years ago, I guess it was, when I was a youth pastor down in southeast Missouri, there's a young man that was in there, and we got him to ride the bus, and he was coming to church some, not a lot. But his mother came to, to us and said, listen, we're having a lot of problem with him. He had reached that, I think, about junior high age, uh, uh, early high school. So we're having lots of problems with him. He's disrespectful to me. We, he we're always having trouble with this and that and everything, and we're fighting all the time. And so we was able to get him involved in church a little bit more. Then we had a man there in our church that had a a Christian uh, youth, youth camp. And so that summer, he invited him to help. They, they had horses and things like that, and, and they generally had some people that would help, some teenagers that would help them through the summer. And so he talked to him. He said, listen, uh, why don't you come, and, and basically you're going to be with me all week for several weeks uh, uh, through, through, through uh, the summer. And so his mom agreed to it, and the boy, he wanted to do it, get to ride the horses and do things and help with the horses and help with the camp and, and the, all the activities and different things that would go on at the, at the Christian camp. And so he was there, and during that time, he got saved. He asked Jesus Christ come in his heart and life and save him. He got saved. And after the camp period was over uh, and was going into close to school again, and, and he, his mom began to brag, she said, there's a change in him. I, can't, I cannot explain the change that there is in his life. He's no longer disrespectful to me. He's no longer saying things that he used to say. And, and he's really doing good. And, and, uh, and, and so uh, we talked to him about baptism. And she, he, he wanted to get baptized. And so she, he asked his mom and she said, no, 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 no. Don't, don't go so fast. Just back up. Just wait. And so after a little while, he asked her again, and she said no. And finally, she uh, called me and was talking to me one day, and she said, I, she, said, I, she, said I, she said, that's all he talks about is church. That's all he talks about is the Bible. That's all, and she said, he no longer is running around with his old friends that he had. She said, I don't know what's going on with him. What's wrong with him? Well, it was his old friends that was getting him in trouble and causing a lot of problems. And so he had separated himself from those friends. And she, and, and she said, he, he, he don't go out and do this and that. And, and she said, he, he, he always, he, he's always, it's all about church and about, about the Bible and about things of like that. She said, I'm a little bit worried about him. Of course, she didn't go to church at all. And she didn't know Jesus Christ as her Savior. And she refused to let him get baptized. And then she told him, said, you need to back off a little bit. Because he was working on her, trying to get her to come to church continually. He would ask for us to pray for his mom and stepdad that, that they would come to church. And, and he was continually, why don't you come to church with me? Why don't you come to church with me? Go to church with me. And, and they, they didn't want anything to do at church. They just wanted their problem fixed. Well, Jesus Christ can fix the problem, amen? And finally she said, no. She said, we're going such and such. You're not going to church today. You're going with us. And after a while of this and, and cutting him back and holding him back and keeping him from going to, to church and different things like that, he finally fell out of church completely. Quit going to church altogether. One day, 
I got a phone call. She said, almost in tears, she said, his life is a mess again. It's a mess. She had destroyed the faith that he was so much needing in his life. By not allowing him to follow through in believer's baptism, by not allowing him to stay in church, by not allowing him to, to follow the Lord, by not getting in church with him, her lifestyle was so much different than his now. And now that, had, that faith that had begun in there when he received Christ as his Savior, as he began to live for the Lord, now she had put a damper on it. She was destroying what he had seen in his life, what she had seen in his life. Mom's going to tell you something. One of the greatest things that you can have in your life is to raise your children around the Lord and be in church with them. So many times today we get kids on, on our buses and we try to get moms and dads to come to church and the kids do great and come to the children's church and, and they learn about the Lord Jesus Christ and some of them get saved and everything. But about the time they reach, reach about junior high, we try to get mom and dad, and mom and dad's not interested. A lot of times, I'll be, I'm just going to be honest with you, a lot of times moms and dads, what they want, they want a babysitter, and so they send the kids off to church, uh, children's church and so forth, and, and, uh, and we take care of the kids, and, and the, but they learn about Jesus Christ, and, they, and many of them get saved. But when they reach that age and, and mom and dad don't want anything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ, don't want anything to do with the church, then the kids begin to go astray. They begin to drift away. And they wonder why their lives get in a mess. It's because they are raising the next generation. And so many times we don't realize the impact that we have in, in, a, person, in a child's life. Moms, it's so important that you realize that, that impact that you have. Mom, you're not just builders of building lives for this world. You're building lives for eternity. It's not just about your ABCs and your math and all that. It's about life, not just now, but for out, throughout eternity. The faith of this mother taught Timothy was a faith in Jesus Christ. You see, Paul... When Paul was commending Timothy for his unfeigned faith, he was speaking of the faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, you find over in, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 there in verse 8 says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. He's talking about Timothy. He says, listen, he said, what you've learned, you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed of him. Don't be ashamed of him. And so that faith is in Jesus Christ. It's not in church. Hey, listen, church is great, but Jesus Christ is what it's about. Uh, you, can, you can do all kinds of good, but my friend, it's about Jesus Christ and knowing Him as your Savior. And so many times today we find that people want to be religious, but they don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ. She was teaching him about Jesus Christ. That faith would, that she taught would present the gospel. You know, one of the things that over the years that is so important, I think, that for, for moms to realize is that when, we, when you're training these children and when you're, you're reading the Bible to them, don't be afraid to... Present Jesus Christ, the Savior, to them as Savior. Let them understand what salvation is. You've got to wait till the Holy Spirit deals with their hearts and lives before they can get saved. But my friend, they need to be taught what Jesus Christ came to and went to the cross for. He came to live and to die for you and me that we might have eternal life. And so many times today, they, mothers, they fail to bring out the importance of salvation in a person's life. You may be sitting here this morning. You may not know Jesus Christ, your Savior, but could I say this this morning? Hey, listen, you don't have to be a child to get saved. You can receive him today. Jesus Christ loved you so much that he came into this world to die in your place to give you eternal life. Her faith would also demonstrate the Lord's love. You know, I don't think that you could 
the love of, of God can be demonstrated any better than by a mother's love. A mother's love is beyond, you know, you know, dads, how we are. They skin their knee and they come in, they're crying and everything. Ah, that's, it, your leg's still attached, it's all right. <laughs> Who do they run to when they get hurt? They run to mom. <laughs> and they got to have a Band-Aid. Mama's got to kiss it. Got to put a Band-Aid on it. Dad's like, toughen up, you'll be all right. A mama's love is a lot different. When they're little and they're in the other room, they're supposed to be asleep and they call out at night because they're scared. Who do they want? They want mama. When they're sick and they're laying in bed, who do they want? They want mama. Because mama has that love and that tenderness. You see, mama is the Holy Spirit of the, of the home, you might say. And they want that love and the, that mama can show. They dem- the uh, mother is to demonstrate that love of the Lord. She denounces the sin also. I believe that, that Timothy's mother denounced the sin of this world. I think it's right for moms to say, hey, listen, no, that's wrong. Don't do that. No, that's wrong. No, we don't do this. And teach them right from wrong. Today we're living in a day and time when we're mothers and and even dads are letting kids just, well, I'm going to let them learn it on their own. No, you teach them. You, you teach them. You denounce what's wrong. Isn't it amazing we're living a day and time right now that even when the child is born, now in many instances on the birth certificate, they will not check off whether it's a boy or a girl. Moms are saying, oh, let them decide. No, God made that decision before they was ever born. Amen. You say, that's not very popular preaching. I'm not trying to be popular. The fact is, we need to get back to, back to the Bible and back to what God says. Moms, you need to denounce sin. Tell them that what's wrong is wrong. Explain to them. They need to understand. And, and, and I believe that, that, that Timothy's mother and grandmother, they, they explained to him what sin was and what was wrong. Display praise and honor for the Lord. Hey, listen, in your home, they ought to be bragging on the Lord. You know, in our home, so many times we're bragging about this basketball star, this baseball star, this, this uh, person that reality or whatever, you know, and all these shows and all this stuff, Hollywood and all. Hey, listen, we ought to be lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ in our home and, and magnifying Him and glorifying Him in front of our kids so that they know that the Lord is something, that Jesus Christ is wonderful, that He needs to be honored and glorified. Deliver comfort in the storms of life. Direct others to Christ for salvation. I'll never forget, my mom, my mother got saved Later in life. But I'll never forget when she was the last two weeks of her life. She had cancer. They sent her home to, to, uh, uh, to die. And I got to spend the last two weeks, my brother, my sister, and their spouses got to spend the last two weeks with uh, uh, my mother and take care of her in the last two weeks before, as she was dying. And I remember as people would come in to see her, at home there, and, and she'd be laying in that hospital bed in the, in the house. And, and I remember as they would come by, and I, I remember especially uh, uh, my cousin, he came in to see her, and he was over there, and she, mom was one of those, that she was a finger pointer. And she shook that finger in his face, and she said, Darren, you need to get saved. You need to ask Jesus Christ in your heart and life. Darren looked at her and said, Aunt Helen, he said, I, I, I am saved. She said, well, then you need to get your wife and your kids in church. Here's a mother that 
I never really went to church with when I was a kid. But she got saved and she, later in life, and she's seen the need of it. And I remember that some of the greatest memories, to be honest with you, I, I remember as much about when she died as, as when she was living. Because she was trying to be a witness for the Lord. Moms, I'll tell you what, your kids ought to see you praying. They ought to hear you praying. They ought to hear you calling out their names unto the Lord as you're praying for them. They ought to hear you calling out the names of your friends, your family, loved ones, your co-workers, that they might be saved, that they might spend eternity in heaven. Moms, listen, your influence in their lives is so important. When they see the important, how important the Lord is to you, it will make a difference in their lives. Our faith should always direct others to Jesus Christ. You see, in Hebrews, Paul said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We ought to realize that, hey, listen, we need to be pointing people to Jesus Christ continually. Mothers come in all sizes and shapes. They come in all colors. They're found everywhere. They're found at kitchen sinks. They're found hunting lost school books under beds. They're they're found kissing owies to make them feel better, patching seams and, and patching dreams. Settling disputes and getting meals, supervising baths and even morals. Mothers are important. So many times we don't realize the importance of our job and, and instilling a living faith, a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ into the lives of those that God has entrusted us with. You see, some may say, well, you're just a mother, but you're more than just a mother. Some take this great responsibility and task of being a, a mother so lightly, and yet it's It's the greatest job on earth. We find there in verse 5 that he speaks of three generations. Talking about Lois, who is the the grandmother. Talking about Eunice, who is the mother. And talking about Timothy, who is the son and the grandson. Three generations. You realize that if we lose one generation, we've lost it all. We don't realize how important it is. The psalmist said in Psalms 11.3, he says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? All we have to do is lose the next generation. All we have to do is quit teaching our kids about Jesus Christ and, and how to be saved and, 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 and living a life before them that makes a difference and we lose the next generation. We're living in a day and time when folks aren't excited about the Lord. We go to churches and, and we find that people are, are more uh, about just getting in there and getting out than they are about getting close to the Lord. The next generation is so important. That's why that children's church downstairs is so important. That's why that toddler church downstairs is so important. That's why that nursery is so important. That's why moms, you're so important because the next generation is depending upon us to tell them about Jesus Christ and to get them close to the Lord. To make a difference in their lives. So many times we fail to realize the importance of a mother. Mothers are so important. If we lose our children, we lose the foundation. It, it's gone and we'll lose our grandchildren. And we'll lose our great-grandchildren. And we'll lose them beyond that. I look at different lives. I, I like to watch people. And one of the things that I see over and over again is when families be, don't train their children up in the way of the Lord, then you watch those children. And many times those children... They'll not go to church. They'll not train their children up in the way of the Lord. And then their children are not in church. It begins to grow and it begins to spread wider. And we lose the next generation. The way Lois raised her daughter, 
affected the outcome of her grandson. You see, you may be holding a baby today, but one of these days that baby is going to give you a grandchild probably. And how you train that child today will affect your grandchildren. It's so important. It's not to be taken lightly. Mothers, you're more than just a mom. You, you, you hold in your hands the next generation. We need to quit blaming the police and quit blaming the school teacher and quit blaming everybody else. We, as the parents, have the responsibility to raise the children. Our society is in trouble because of the way moms and dads are raising their children. You see, a child relates to society according to the way he or she was raised. Much of the, much of the if, you, if you would do a little bit of a background checking with a lot of the, the, the crime and a lot of the, a lot of the riots and a lot of the, the uh, criminal things that are going on, you'll find that many, not all, but many of them were raised in homes that had no regard for, for people, had no regard for the Lord, had no regard for the Bible, had no regard for Jesus Christ. And many of those kids raised themselves. We've got a lot of kids today who are raising themselves. See it all the time. See it all the time. You'll find, and, and many times you can find, you know, uh, uh, even, a, even as driving a school bus, I can tell a little bit about people's homes by the spirit of the kids and, and, and about, the, and about the, their attitude on the bus and how they'll take. I'm not saying kids are going to be kids. They're going to do some things. But sometimes when you can tell the difference in how they act when you have to tell them sit down or, or quit doing that, and you can tell the difference and you can see a difference in, in their lives. Little Nile up here, she rides my bus. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to say it in front of her mom. She's a sweet little girl. But you know what I also see? I'm going to tell on you. When I drop Nile off, there's mom standing at the door watching. Big smile on her face. Nile's fell asleep a few times on the bus. I have to get, up, get her pick up and get her off the bus and, and take her out to mom. But you can tell that mom loves Niley. And you can tell Niley loves mom. And I don't ever have any problem on Niley. You know what? We live in a day and time where that's not the standard case. Because I pick up some other kids, it's not that way. It's sad. Moms have such a great responsibility. But they can impact this world by living for Jesus Christ. By training those children in the way of the Lord. By allowing God to speak through them and to use them. Theodore Roosevelt said, America's greatest, America's greatest asset is home-building, God-fearing mothers. Mothers are important. You see, Proverbs 14, 34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is reproach to any people. The fact is, is that, hey, listen, moms have the ability to instill godliness into those children, to teach them about Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that those children will never go astray. But my friend, many more of them will turn towards the Lord and live for the Lord. In so many ways, the destiny of this nation and every nation is determined by the mothers of the nation. You're not just a mother. You're the hope of a nation. The hope of a nation. And then we find that the faith of a mother shapes the lives of her children while they're young. 
Paul was said to Timothy in, in chapter 3 and verse 15, he said, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. I thought that was amazing. He said, when you was being raised up, he said, you knew the Word of God. Well, how did he know it? Because mom and grandmother were teaching him the Word of God. You find that Timothy's dad was a Greek, and, and there's not a whole lot said about him. There wasn't anything said about his faith. He's not listed here. But the faith of his grandmother and the faith of his mother are, and, and, and Paul says, listen, he said, you've been taught the Scriptures from the, when you was real young. Over the years, uh, we've, got, we've even got some videos somewhere. Uh, we need to get them changed over DVD or something because they're on VCR. You know, that's how old we are. We got the kids when they was young standing on the fireplace quoting the, Luke 2, the, the Christmas story or singing those songs, Bible songs. Sometimes we would, when we'd have devotions, they would, we'd have maybe David and Goliath or whatever, whatever it might be, and, and they would act part of it out. Training them, getting the scripture in them young. Getting to understand what the Bible says. Moms, we have a great responsibility to say, well, my children are, are grown and gone now. Well, you probably are grandmother. You have the opportunity. One of our granddaughters, when she comes, we try to get the Word of God into her while she's with us. The great opportunity that we have in this life is to share the Word of God, to teach the Word of God. Thank the Lord for women who make home a little bit of heaven. Home is the, should be the closest imitation of heaven that there is. A place where everybody loves one another unconditionally like Jesus Christ loves us unconditionally. One, a place where we're willing to overlook one another's faults. Yes, there'll be discipline, but a place where we love and care for one another. It ought to be a, a haven of rest instead of a shouting match or a wrestling ring. Too many times homes are more like a boxing match. More like a, a, a shouting festival or something. Instead of that love being shown in the home by, by mom and by dad. Oh, there needs to be a peace, a sweet peace. So it's more like heaven than it is like the world. That home is the mold, the life for eternity, and it needs to be centered on the Word of God. You see, this type of faith is shown in virtue. Over in Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 10 it says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. You see, her husband trusts in her because of her faith. One of the things that we find today is there's so much lack of trust in a home between a husband and wife because the lifestyles that are lived, because of the ungodliness. It sure is nice to be able to trust my wife knowing that she loves the Lord. I know she's not perfect. I've not found any problem, but she's not perfect. Say, how do you know she's not perfect? She married me. That messed things up. Amen. <laughs> there had to be some error in there somewhere. But I got in on the deal good, all right? So, uh, fellas, uh, we'll, we'll deal with the men next month, all right, on Father's Day. But uh, the fact is, is that, you know, I can trust my wife. She loves the Lord. I've seen her pray. I've heard her pray. I've watched her have devotions. I've seen her instruct the children. I, and so I could trust her because of her faith. You know, one of the greatest things that's needed 
is mothers of faith that can be trusted and loved by their husbands. Not worried about this one cheating on that one. The Bible talks about her children will see her faith and they'll be thankful for her. In Proverbs 31, 28 says, Her children rise up, arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. I have been around so many kids today that have nothing good to say about their parents. Have nothing good to say about mom. Have nothing good to say about the life that they had at home. And, and what's so sad is many times these children, they go off somewhere, maybe go to college somewhere, and, and they don't even want to come home. Because that's how bad the home life was. That's how, how bad the, the relationship with mother and child was. They don't even want to come home. There ought to be a desire to see mom. There ought to be a desire to being at home. You know, one of the things that I think of my mother and I think about, I, I, I look back, and of course she'd been on to be with the Lord. She died in 2007. I can still see her cooking, making pizza, making stroganoff, frying chicken or turkey breast. Mmm. And I can still hear when I, I can still hear, I can pick up the phone and call her. Mom, I used to call her on, on Sunday nights. Live about five, four, four and a half hours away and I'd call her on Sunday nights. And I still hear her voice say, Rod, hi mom. You know what, there ought to be a, that way it ought to be in all of our lives. She's been dead since 2007. But I'm going to be honest with you. I still miss her. That's the way it ought to be. Because it's going to be a lot sweeter when I get to heaven to get to see her again. To see that reunion, to get to see her. You know what? There ought to be a sweetness in the home. Shouldn't have to have all the fights. And yes, there's going to be some difficult times. There's going to be some struggles. That doesn't mean that there's a, a perfect home. There's going to be the struggles, but it ought to be a sweetness there. There ought to be that sweetness. The type of faith is shown in virtue of that mother. The never overlook the faith of a grandmother. We're here this morning, and some of you may be here because of a grandmother. Can I tell you that one of the reasons that I'm here today is because of a grandmother? A grandmother. I told you my mom and my dad didn't get saved till later in life. And my mom and dad divorced. And it was after that divorce that both of them got saved. But when we was kids, my grandmother and my grandpa got us to church. Took us to church. Made a big difference in my life. And through those years, uh, that, that was the start of me hearing the gospel my mom and dad were raised in church. My mom and dad, they knew about the Lord, but they didn't go. But they allowed my grandparents to take us to church, and, and whether it was just to get us out of the house, I don't know. But uh, you know what? The Lord used that, and I'm pastoring. My brother is a pastor down in Steelville, Missouri. My sister, she's in church in Jeff City, and we have been our whole life. A grandmother made a difference in my life, getting me to church, getting me to where the Word of God was preached. 
So we should never overlook the faithful, the, over the faithfulness of a grandmother. In fact, in Titus 2 and verse 3, it says the aged women. Likewise, they have, uh, that, they behave, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands and to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Grandmothers here, you still have a job. It's not done when the children are out. You know, it's always that, they're out of the house, it's over. No, it's just the beginning, amen? You got the grandchildren. But the thing about it, grandmothers, you can spoil them, send them home, amen? But you have the opportunity also to instill the Word of God in their lives. To show them the faith that makes a difference in a person's life. The importance, it's so important. The faith of a godly mother and a grandmother touches the lives of all mankind. Susanna Wesley, most of you have heard of Susanna Wesley. She had 19 children. Of those 19 children, number 13 was John Wesley. He founded the Methodist Church and won thousands to the Lord. This number 17 child was Charles Wesley. And he wrote over 6,000 hymns and songs that we sing in our churches today. 19 children, I cannot imagine that. May I tell you what, if you reach for the chicken the last, you don't get anything, amen? The fact is that she told her husband, she raised all of her children for the Lord and said to her husband one day, she said, with our servants to help us and the children, we must have family altar with Bible teaching and prayer. And if you won't do it, I will. And so when he didn't, she did. You see, it's so important you don't know what you're training for tomorrow. You don't know who you're raising. It could, be, it could be a president. It could be an evangelist. It could be a preacher. It could be a missionary. It might be the person working down at McDonald's, but still has the spirit to tell others about Jesus Christ and be a godly witness. I'll close with this. God's old-fashioned mother. The old-fashioned mother was patterned by God. She was fashioned by standards above. She found all the freedom her soul could attain by yielding her will to God's love. She didn't complain that her life was a drudge. Liberation was not her heart's plea, but humble, submissive, obedient. She knew that her soul was set free. Her wisdom, she found, came from God, for only from God. She, he directed her path day by day. Her knowledge and deep understanding came as she trustingly followed his way. Be ye keepers at home to the young, he hath said. Teach your children the precepts I have given. Love your husbands and see that you reverence him too. Then your home will be so much like heaven. She was just an old-fashioned mother. She did not pretend to be smart. To care for her home and her dear ones was the wish that was first in her heart. We were raised by the old-fashioned methods, so sparsely employed today, and when we so richly deserved it, we were spanked in the old-fashioned way. She taught us the old-fashioned virtue. A good name is far better, she'd say, than all the wealth of all of the nations 
and truth is the best any day. She believed in the old-fashioned Bible. She trusted in old-fashioned prayers. She told us that Jesus would hear us if we'd speak anytime, anywhere. Thank God for an old-fashioned mother, for the Bible and old-fashioned prayer, for the old-fashioned faith that is looking for our Lord to, re- to appear in the air. We need some old-fashioned mothers who will teach the children from the old-fashioned book to live after God in heaven, to tell them of Jesus Christ and His saving grace, to show them a way of truth, to show them a way of love, to show them a way that's sincere while we wait for a Savior who's coming from above. What we need today is godly mothers who love the Lord, love their husbands, love their children, and will live to point others the same way. Let's bow forward to prayer. This morning, completely different type of message because being Mother's Day. But there may be someone here today, if you was to die, you don't know that you'd go to heaven. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Oh, would you come this morning? Let us take a Bible and show you how to be saved. That you might receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then today, moms, and even dads, may the Lord speak in your heart that you would be that godly mother, that godly grandmother that loves the Lord and wants to raise your children and your grandchildren with an unfeigned faith, a sincere faith, a godly faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you have a grandchild or a child that doesn't know Christ their Savior. Why don't you come and pray for them this morning? God answers prayer. God works in hearts. But let God have his way this morning. If you don't know Christ your Savior, I'll be standing in front. Come, let's take a Bible. Show you how to be saved. Father, we thank you and we love you for your mercy and your goodness to us. Have your will and way, Lord. And we'll thank you for the love that you have shown us even through our mothers. And this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your head?